0: I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hey guys and welcome to the show. Today you'll be hearing from Jenny Persick. She is a manager with Trades of Hope. She's a mom of two sweet kiddos and we are chatting all about keeping your story simple. I feel like simplicity is such a great thing to have in your direct sales business and she does it very well and just streamlines her business to make it easy on her and those around her. So, stay tuned at the end. She has a very special offer for you guys, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. Welcome to the show today. I have Jenny Persick. She is from South Carolina and she is with the company Trades of Hope, and she's been with them for three years now. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest today. And Jenny is a manager with Trades of Hope and it's just, I'm so excited to sit down and talk to her and just have you guys get to know her a little bit better. So Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found Trades of Hope. Yeah. So I worked overseas
1: for a while and I was familiar with, um, organizations that were helping women out of, um, poverty and trafficking and selling their handmade goods to help do that. But when my friend told me about Trades of Hope, it was, it was, I was astonished by how many groups that they were partnering with. Um, so I wanted to be a part of seeing that number grow, and that's what Trades of Hope is about: is about um, providing business partnerships for these women. And um, so I wanted to be see a part of that number grow, and joining seems like a great way to do that. And I didn't even have a party or a buy a product or anything. I just jumped in (laughs) both feet and learned as I went. I had no Mm -hmm. sales experience.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I feel like there's some, I feel like that's a really good way to get into direct sales is just getting in and doing it. Because if you stop and think about it too much, then you can start to let things creep in and let insecurities creep in. But the best way totally is to just jump in and do it. Definitely, learn as you go. That's the That's best right. way to learn. That's mm-hmm. right. So you've been doing it for over three years now, and <laughs> what would you say has been what has been the best part of your job?
1: Um, I I think meeting the artisans, like seeing directly mm. how our work um, plays out in their life, <laughs> like how it means putting food on the table. Um, in in many situations, it, it just brings brings it real, you know, because mm-hmm. you can be so individual in in our work and feel like we're doing this on alone and what difference does it make and that kind of thing. But when you see it, it really impacts you. Mm -hmm. And also I love, I love the sisterhood. I love the encouragement Mm -hmm. of other sisters and just how we lift each other up and help each other. And it's just been a community, especially during this time Mm -hmm. (laughs) of Mm -hmm. like where community feels so like disjointed. It's Mm -hmm. been so wonderful to have other people in your court.
0: Good, good. Now you mentioned meeting artisans. Have you, I know that direct, I'm sorry. Trades of Hope does things a little bit differently for their incentive trips. They actually send you almost on a missions trip. Is that is that how they do their incentive trips?
1: Well, it's well, it's a little bit different because it's um, yeah. We they do it different. They have done some like that, like in okay. Haiti. But then when Haiti kind of shut down, instead of having just multiple groups, because they would have group after group go to Haiti. Mm-hmm. But then as Trades of Hope grew, and when Haiti shut down, um. They started doing these trips where you could earn the trip so that it was a fewer number of people. Fewer like, so I was on the trip that we, I earned the trip to Guatemala Mm -hmm. and then I earned the trip to Dominican Republic, but that one was right after COVID. So it had to be. Oh no.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's a bummer. Yeah. I I don't know how they'll
1: do it in the future. They may, I don't know.
0: Yeah. But that's that's how they've done it. I love Mm -hmm. that. Now, what, what kind of things, like what, tell me about your trip that you went on. What did you guys get to do? Okay. So we, um, we met with, we have six artisan groups
1: in Guatemala. So okay. we met with them. One of them is a coffee plantation. They provide um, like fair trade wages and healthcare opportunities, follow-up visits, things like that for some of the migrant workers on the p- coffee plantations, as well as schooling for their kids. So it's a really different kind of way of treating the workers. Um, so that's why we partner with them. So I got to learn how coffee was grown, walked through the mm. coffee plantation. And then I got to meet um, several different artists. We have six groups there. Um, I, I met them, learned their stories, saw how they do their work. Um, and so then when I come back, really, it's almost like a reverse missions trip because we're there to learn mm-hmm. and to hear mm-hmm. from them. And then we come back and we share their stories, you know, more personally, um, mm-hmm. as we share their products too.
0: Yes. And there's storytelling is so big when it comes to direct sales and life in general. Because we can tell all we want about products, but when we share stories about the products, no matter what they are, that really makes an impact. And so being able to be there to see the products being made, see them being grown, that's so priceless. And to come back and share that experience with others, that really makes the products come alive. And I mean... It's coffee and jewelry and bags and, but it makes it come alive. And you know that you are helping a specific actual real life human being mm-hmm. out of these terrible situations. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I love about Trades of Hope. I have loved them for, I don't know, a few years now. And I love the ju- the jewelry. Like I said, I've been, or I'm wearing one of their necklaces today that I love so much. And I mm-hmm. wear almost every day. And mm-hmm. I have many, many products in my home from Trades of Hope. I love it so much. And I I feel like there's just such a great mission behind it. So tell us more about the mission of Trades of Hope. I don't think we mentioned this at the beginning, but tell us more about how did Trades of Hope get started? Um, So Gretchen is
1: one of the founders. There's two mom and daughter teams, and um, they're one of the mom daughters. The daughters were teenagers when they started the company 10 years ago, but one of them, Gretchen, had started an orphanage in Haiti um, several years prior, and she. When the earthquake hit, she wanted to do something more. And she knew that moms were bringing their kids to orphanages because they just didn't have a way to feed them. They wanted to love them and care for them, but they didn't have a job. And Mm -hmm. so she wanted to be a part of providing dignity through work and keeping those families together. Um, So that spread to now over 19 countries. Um, some of those groups that we partner with are doing just that, like helping families stay together, keeping women from having to travel to cities to try mm-hmm. to find work, which helps on the prevention of trafficking. And then on the other side with women who rescuing women out of trafficking, giving them work opportunity to provide for themselves and learn new skills too. So
0: that's what, that's how Trades of Hope started and kind of a little bit about their mission. That's so amazing. I love that because it's, it was just a couple of moms and their daughters who had mm-hmm. the mission to help women. Stay out of these terrible situations. That's so amazing. I just absolutely love it. And it's, the products are beautiful. If, if you are listening and you've never tried Trades of Hope, they're amazing products, I promise. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so tell us more about your business specifically, Jenny, and how you run it and what is, what, so I know that we've all, of course, have been reduced to <laughs> pretty much virtual mm-hmm. business in the last six months. And how has that changed your business and how you run it or maybe you ran it virtually before I don't know but tell us more about your business
1: yeah so I have done in the past I've done a little bit of everything I've done in-home parties I've done um, vendor events and I've done online parties and I was really starting to grow that online business um, model because with little kids it was just more flexible time-wise but what I do I, I, like you said about stories, I read this book, uh, Kendra Hall stories mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. stick. Yes. And it was really, yeah, it was really opening. So I try to share stories behind the products. Like, um, so I like to go live and do that, mm-hmm. but to get people, you may have experienced going live to yourself. I don't know, if you've <laughs> done that. but so to kind of get people to come to the live, I do giveaways and fun things to kind of make it. And then in the, in the live, I tell about what Trades of Hope is show some products and, um, tell the stories behind them and then do the giveaway. So that's been sort of my model. And then I do a few follow-up posts after, but I try to keep it short and sweet so that it, yeah, just so it doesn't take the hostess forever to follow up and do, you know, it's just easier. So that's what I
0: I do. I feel like that's my motto with life in general, but also my business is just keep it simple. It just has to be as simple as possible. (laughs) That's, that's my mode of operation too. (laughs) So Uh, The vendor events that has really gone by the wayside in-home events, you know, they're starting to pick back up a little bit more, but I just love that we can show products or we can still work our businesses online and, Mm -hmm. and still be successful. So great. I, so how is your, um, tell me a little bit about your team, you know, how is your team doing? How are they, you know, what are, what are things that you guys are working towards working together to get through this time? Um, So when we,
1: um, when I first started, I just was like, I I was not really focused on building a team. I just wanted to, to learn about the company. I wanted to sell. I wanted to learn how to sell before I taught somebody else. But I had somebody actually kind of join on without knowing me. Like she just signed up and I, I've never had that happen since, but it was like, okay, I guess I have a team. So here we go. But then from there, I started seeing how, um, how I can only do so much, but together we can do so much more. And so I started seeing how like, even though I would be in the top 10 on the, the seller's chart, like my team would do double that. And so I was like, I have got to, if I really want to move artisans products, this is the best way to do that. Um, so I'm a little bit more focused in that area now. Um, now with COVID, I mean, we are, we are trying to move into the online model. Trades of Hope um, hired some people to come and do some um, trainings on how to, you know, do social media and how to do like parties on Facebook and things like that. I've created a mock party group where I've invited um, the whole company really to come and see what I do. And I, I've, I don't like I put the picture the post that I write and I even explained why I do the post because I think that's really the most important part like it's easy to say this is what I do here you go and see what other people are doing and just copy and paste and do it but it's that's not authentic and people see through that and they're like Jenny you don't know anything about style like why are you trying to like (laughs) I mean and it's it's a little bit true I'm I'm learning, I'm learning because I need to learn. But like, I am like the least stylish person. So whenever I focus on like, what's, you know, the new trends, and you know, all these stylish things, I feel so fake, you know. <laughs> but I, I am mean, learning so that I can do that more. But like, my focus in my heart is the mission. And so I mm-hmm. share about how I've seen you know, I've met women who have their lives are changed, you know, and so I share about that. And that's what draws my people to me. You know, I have a director who's she is totally into fashion, and anything she wears is fashionable. And she can totally do that. But when I copy and paste her party or her, you know, the way she does things, it just, it doesn't work for me. And that's what I would say to you is, you can see what other people are doing. um, But make it your own. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. When I try to be like what he was doing, um, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And when other people try to copy what I do, it doesn't necessarily work for them. Right. Right.
0: And I, you said something really good. You said that what you're doing and the way that you are doing your business, it draws your people to you. And that's true. Mm -hmm. You don't want everybody. I mean, we do, but you know, you don't want, Mm -hmm. not everybody is going to be attracted, you know, to your product, to your, the way you do your business. But when you hone in on what you are good at and what you excel in those that's what draws people to you and that's how you build your community of customers and team members and all that kind of stuff and so that's really that's excellent yeah the the way that we do our business is different than everybody else and so we can't my husband says this a lot he says you you can't compare your day one with somebody else's day 50 or day 100 or day a million, because it's going to be so different. And we are not, not everybody's going to start out the same. Not everybody's going to, you know, do the, excel at the same thing or grow at the same rate, whatever. But we, as long as you keep going, you're Mm -hmm. successful. You just can't, you just can't stop because Mm -hmm. when you stop, that's when you fail. But if you just keep going, then you got this, right? Um, yeah, and you may feel like you're failing as you're going. Yes. So make adjustments and then keep going. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, yes. Can you think of something that has that you've tried in your business that hasn't worked that you said, okay, nope, I'm going to reroute, <laughs> pivot this?
1: Um, yeah, let me think how, well, even Facebook parties starting out, mm-hmm. like um, not having any interaction. I realized that my posts were were books you know, because I was so passionate about it that I just wrote and I told the whole story. And I just, and the person just really liked, you know, maybe the person who was hosting or her friends just, you know, okay, it's it is a good mission. But I really just like the cute earrings, you know, and that's fine. <laughs> I just need to hone down. So what I've learned to do from that, because I had a few parties that um, you know, I had all these posts I put so much time into and nothing, no interaction, nothing. And I had to learn, okay, how can I get more interaction? So I made the posts a lot shorter. I asked questions. I made them more interactive, more my life, uh, you know, so, so then now it feels like I'm actually interacting with people and I'm not just like writing books,
0: you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said too, that we are, nobody is ever excited about as excited about our products as we are you know, whatever company that we're in. And it's true, especially when launches come or when sales come, of course, we cannot wait to shout it from the rooftops. (laughs) Here's what's coming, here's what we have. But not everybody is as excited. I don't know why, but not Uh everybody is as excited about those products as we are. And so I love that you said, you know, I was just so passionate about the products that I had to just write everything I knew about them. And I feel like sometimes people, when they're a guest in a party, sometimes they do get kind of that overload okay, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of information. I'm just going to tune it all out. And so that was so smart to take things, reduce it down to just little snacks, (laughs) little bite-sized chunks that they could just take in and digest. Like, okay, okay. All right. I like Mm -hmm. this. And so I love that you took that experience and you didn't say, well, Facebook parties don't work for me. They're just never going to work. I hate them. People don't interact. You took it and you spun it around and you made it your own and you Mm -hmm. figured out a way. And now you are amazing at Facebook parties. How would you, Mm -hmm. how many, parties a month do you, would you say that you do on average in your business?
1: Um, I, I try to do two a week and then okay. I take a week off. Um, yes. so that, that way I can do my lives back to back and I schedule my posts and mm-hmm. all of that.
0: Yes,
1: <laughs> I get it down. I,
0: like you said, simple, yes. simple, simple. simple, simple. <laughs> and scheduling is the best thing ever, mm-hmm. whether it's through Facebook or do you use, I think you use a party scheduler, correct? Like a third party. Which one do you use? I use Visly
1: because I can share my templates with my team.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. I love that. I just started getting into a third-party scheduler. I need to sit down and actually look at it. But I've been using Facebook scheduler, and even that is just so helpful. If Mm -hmm. I can just pre-schedule a post because you mentioned that you have kids. How many kids do you have? I have two kids, five and three. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Uh So (laughs) scheduling is
1: (laughs) –
0: I always tell myself – at night, I'm like, okay, Tiffany, be kind to your future self and schedule a post uh-huh. for tomorrow for your group or else you'll never, uh-huh. I think like, Oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. No, you won't <laughs> mm-hmm. schedule it tonight to go out tomorrow. So that way it's done. And so that's often the kindest thing you can do to yourself is to prepare for the week ahead or the night of night before or whatever, to get those things right. done. So that way it's on autopilot. And so, so tell us more about some of the systems that you've incorporated into your business. So you do the third party scheduling, What else do you, like, what are some more systems that you do in your business to keep it simple? Um, I try to
1: clump things when I can, because Mm. I have few, I mean, I have, I have some time where I have like childcare. So, um, like my sister's watching my youngest now while my oldest is at school. So it's like, I have a couple, like one day a week that I have a full day. So I try to chunk things into nap times and things into other times. Um, like when I'm going to follow up with my team, when I'm going to, you know, I know when I'm going to invite to the next learn about our company thing. I know when that's going to happen. So I try, I'm trying to plan um, for that
0: too. Are you a pen and
1: paper person or are you a digital person? Um, I am pen and paper. I actually have a separate sheet that I, um, I'm not really great on the planners, although a lot of people in our company love different planners. <laughs> and if that works, go for it. Yeah, but I am a checklist person, so I have, like, each party has their own, the name and the party number and information about the hostess, and then I go, I have each sheet I print out and have that hostess information, and that way I can follow up with them afterwards
0: and provide good customer service for them and that kind of thing. That's so awesome. I love that. I need, actually, I need to do that. (laughs) I have a nice sheet for, a checklist for each party. That's so organized. I love that so much. So... Tell us something um, that you've done recently that has been successful. I know you said you've had a lot of success with online parties, but is there anything that you can think of, you know, in the last couple of years that has you tried? You're like, okay, I'm just going to try this and see how it works. And it was successful. And you were like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I would say the biggest area I've grown is the online parties, like learning how to do
1: those and learning how to kind of like streamline them and kind of make, Thursday night is my live, you know, Friday night, I do this, these posts, and just kind of they're they're timed. like, it's, it's almost like a system, you know, I change the posts up, you know, whenever I want to tell a different artist's story, or when I know a, a hostess has gone to Haiti, or something, and I want to highlight that group, but like, I try to just, keep as much as I can the same all the time. And then, um, I don't know, I think showing up to meetings, knowing what's going on in the company, getting inspired by other people in the company, like not just doing it on my own. um, And sharing, sharing ideas, as I learn, like with the company, like like that helps me to grow as a person too. And so that's why I love that you're doing this podcast is because it's another
0: avenue that people can learn from each other. What works, what is making you different? You know, Mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. And like we talked about before we started recording, we talked about the fact that the things that we're doing in our business may not work for other people, but we have to put Mm -hmm. our own spin on it. And we have to try it because mm-hmm. you know, that's the only way that you are going to know if something works or not, right. Is to try it. You can't write an idea off like, Oh, that'll never work. You never know. You never know. And mm-hmm. so I know a lot of people in the last six months have ventured into the online party space. And it's scary for a lot of people. Cause I know even several on my team are like, I'm not even, I hate Facebook. I don't want to be on Facebook, but there's a way to do it without Mm -hmm. being chained to Facebook, which is so great because Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't do that (laughs) with family life. And that is the thing about direct sales is that direct sales is so flexible and it is, that's what appeals to so many people is that they can work around their schedule at home. And so that's something that, you know, you don't want to you have people like, Oh, it's so flexible. And then be like, well, you have to be, you know, chained to your phone or your computer all day because that's not practical for anybody. So how many hours a week do you say that you would work, that you work on your business? Mm -hmm. I probably should have Uh. prepared you for this question. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, that's okay. I don't know. I mean, it varies week to week because sometimes I have, you know, hostesses who are really like have Mm -hmm. a lot of questions or the group is like really interactive or huge. And I've got a lot of follow-up, like, and sometimes it's you know, smaller parties or quieter parties mm-hmm. and, and then sometimes it's my week off and then I'm focused on my team building and things like that. So it's just, it varies. I don't know that I ever really, and and also like I'm not one to have only work during a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and then not work. I need to get better at that, but I tend to let things kind of seep into other times. So I need to help. I need to really focus on Okay, I need to take a break and turn it off, and like you said, like get off Facebook and whatever. But but I do think like one of the beauties about direct sales is you have flexibility. You mm-hmm. can do as much or as little as you want. You're that you decide that. Mm-hmm. And also like it's so relational. Mm-hmm. You know, so even when we shift from a lot of people in our company, we're only doing in-home parties, and so when everything mm-hmm. shut down, they didn't know what to do. So. So when we shift from in home parties to online parties, I think you have to find that how do we keep it relational? How do we keep it personal and interactive, just like you would at a home party? And at home parties, I like games. I like mm-hmm. interaction, you know, but but other people don't. That they, that they're just like, Oh, I hate when they play a game, you know? <laughs> like I'm like, oh, give me the competition. I wanna win something, you know? Yeah. So so in my parties, that's how I do it. And, and that's how people, and I want to make that party so fun that when I do follow up later and ask, you know, how people like their orders, then I'll also ask, you know, um, would you like to host? Would you like to continue this, this go party, you know, <laughs> going mm-hmm. on, keep it, keep it going. And, um, and they like, I feel like if you do it well, like if you learn how to do it well, you will have repeat parties. Mm-hmm. But if you just, focus on having more parties and you don't focus on doing it well and really letting it be real and letting yourself be seen through it, then, then it's going to be harder to book parties.
0: I agree. I agree with that. And I'm actually one, I will say, I'm actually one that I'm not a huge game person in real life. Like a baby shower, I don't, I don't want to play silly games. I I just want to sit and talk to my friends. And so it's funny because I Like you said, you translate that into your online parties that you love games. I translate that into my online parties that I don't do a ton of games. And so sometimes I think that like, maybe I should have more games. But it's, it's just funny because our own personality is shining through and our party style. And so I love that. Yeah. Yeah, And what you highlight in
1: your products too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, yeah, it's interesting how that, how that comes through
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now. Okay. I know that my favorite direct sale or sorry, Trace of Hope product is the Indu Tassel Necklace. I love it. And I talk about it anytime I'm invited to a party. I always tell people like get the Indu Tassel Necklace. It's the prettiest one. And it has, it's just, I feel like the weight, it's just really pretty. Those of you who not, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a silver necklace and it's a longer necklace with a tassel on the end, but it's the weight. It's like a heavier necklace and it, I just feel like it goes with everything and it's just so pretty. And it just, I just love it so much. And so I always, so what's your favorite piece? (laughs) I mean, if you can pick one. And it's funny you say that because that's just a picture exactly of what we're talking about, making
1: it you. Because I have other customers who love that necklace. That's their absolute favorite. Like they're like, tell me when another one comes out like that. And you know, they love it. And other customers like um, our friend, she she didn't like it. She bought it. She was saying it's too heavy. It gives me headaches. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll return it for you. No problem. But you know, everybody has their different style and you Mm -hmm. have to run with that. Um, so I funny. actually, I, I'm going to say this, not because I use this all the time, but the basket set, mm. like, because this, this artisan group shared at our last conference. And I mean, girl, I was in tears, like mm. <laughs> just hearing about the, their refugees and just mm. hearing about their story. But then also like, I try to share, um, a, there's a video of them making the basket set mm-hmm. and they are, they're singing the mm. most beautiful song. And it's just like knowing Their story and knowing what wrongs have been done to them and Mm -hmm. what they're going through, and what you know, and seeing them doing something they love and singing. It's just
0: such an encouragement to me. So it's not
1: like this is the one that I use all the time, but it's my favorite because I know what's behind it, you know. Yes,
0: I love that. And that's like we've been talking about because the story that the basket holds, it's not the basket itself, it's not the necklace itself, but it's the fact that the the story behind it is so powerful and so special to you and you've seen it firsthand. And so that's what makes it your favorite. I love that so much. Uh, oh my goodness. Okay. So what advice do you have to people, anyone in direct sales, not necessarily traits of hope, but anyone wanting to get in direct sales or anyone who's in direct sales that's just discouraged and just down? What is your best advice to them? Okay. Um,
1: oh man, there's a lot of I know. I think, you can do a few. We, we've touched. <laughs> We've touched on a lot. I think one that's really important, if you're going to do something, persevere. Know that at first, when you post something, you may not, you won't get responses. You're going to expect to because you love this. Why would not, why would everybody yes, not love this? Like yes crazy. Uh, all I have to do is post about it and I'm going to have a million people like <laughs> buying my product. But, mm-hmm. but we always say in Trades of Hope, posting is not asking. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it personal. Trade, like direct sales is personal. So it's like, you know, having relationship with people, keeping that relationship above work goals, you know, like, and then persevering. When you, when you um, feel like you failed at something, you know, ask advice. What can I do differently? Maybe invite somebody into that, that party and, and have them give you feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, you could try this or that and, you know, and
0: keep going, keep going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. And I feel like a coachable spirit (laughs) is something that everybody needs to have when you're in direct sales, coachable, teachable spirit, whatever is you can't think like, Oh, well I'm going to do it this way. And if it doesn't work, that's it. No, you have to, like you said, take feedback from others and, you know mm-hmm. we just we want to help each other that's truly what mm-hmm. we want we want everybody to succeed at direct sales <laughs> that's, i wish everybody yeah. could do direct sales and be successful at it and so when you listen to others, those above you, those, your peers, people who've done, people who've been in it longer, there's girls in our company who've been doing it for 15 years. And so to hear their advice and like, okay, well, they've been in it for 15 years. I think they know what they're talking about. And so there mm-hmm. is something to be said about listening to others and their feedback. And I love that so much. Yeah. So keep going. That's for sure. Something that I mm-hmm. always tell my girls, I tell them a lot to make one goal big or Mm -hmm. small and and go for that this month. And not, like you said, Mm -hmm. not trying to, you know, put your relationships with people over those goals, but make a goal of finding one new customer or one event. And it doesn't have to be anything. I don't, I don't care the number that they submit. I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. I just want them to feel accomplished and feel like they're making a difference in somebody's life by helping them you know, with the products that we offer. And so uh, that's, that's great. I love that so much. So anything else that you would like to say to to everybody listening to the podcast about Trades of Hope, where can they find you? Oh, okay.
1: I am Jenny Persick Trades of Hope um, is my Facebook page. Um, I have a group called Inspiring Hope and that's really where the, where the action is. I think, Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah, it is a great group you do a great job yeah, with that. Thanks.
1: <laughs> thanks. I have fun with it. Yeah. I think when you just are real with people and you know, you like in that group, I do a lot of games, but you yeah, know, <laughs> you know, but like, I, do, uh, I do a lot of giveaways and games and fun things, but then other people feel intimidated. Sometimes I have team members who feel like I just can't give away that much mm-hmm. Jenny, because I've got, you know, I'm just starting. And I'm like, don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, don't do what is your passion and do what is your what you feel, why you feel called to this business, like stay true to that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day with your kids and running errands and doing your Traits of hope <laughs> business. I really appreciate you taking this time and talking with with me and with all the people that are listening to the, this first episode of the podcast, which is super exciting. And I just am excited to see you grow as a direct seller. And I love Trades of Hope so much. And I just can't wait to just keep loving their products. (laughs) So thanks again so much, Jenny, for being on the show today. Thank you, Tiffany. If you'd like to learn more about Trades of Hope, you can join Jenny's Facebook group, Inspiring Hope. When you join and mention this podcast, you'll get 20% off your first order. You can find the link to her group in the show notes. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes.